Catherine the Fake, the fraudster who conned her way around rural Ireland. She's evil. I mean, she's ruined so many people's lives. She was a very strange individual. A very strange person. I could have called stop at any time, but I was afraid. She's like an eel, always moving around. Nobody will ever catch her on. She's very clever, cunning, manipulative person. Florist turned fraudster Catherine O'Brien has left a trail of destruction in her wake, and now she is being hunted by Gardaí. I'm Anne Murphy, and this is Catherine the Fake, an Irish Examiner investigative podcast. Part one, a mistress of reinvention. Nestled away in a busy estate on the edge of Dungarvan, the house barely merits a second glance. It seems to be just another home lying empty during the day while its occupants are out at work. But this is not the home of any ordinary 9-to-5 employee. This detached home in Ballon Road is the home of businesswoman Catherine O'Brien. In a built-up area of uniform houses, there is one blink-and-you'll-miss-it indication of the homeowner's passion. A plaque with the house number nestled between two horses. However, that is the only sign of pride at the house now. Hanging baskets and planters outside the door and along the front wall contain plants which have not seen attention for many months. Down the side of the house, behind the timber gate, are five rubbish bins of various colours, slightly hiding a bicycle parked against a timber railing. Along a paling that runs parallel to the gable end are old tyres painted brightly in pinks and purples holding more lifeless plants. All indicators of a once ordinary life in suburban Dungarvan. But also clear signs that life as Catherine O'Brien once knew it came to an abrupt end. There is nothing ordinary about Catherine O'Brien. A woman described by neighbours as someone who kept herself to herself and who did not mingle with others in the estate. She is known to most as Catherine, while those who believed themselves close to her called her Kate or sometimes Katie. She inhabits many different personas. One neighbour, who has lived just a few doors down from Catherine's for two years, has never even seen her. Another, who knows her vaguely, says she has not been seen in the estate for several months. There have been people in and out of the house, though, in the months since Catherine was last seen. They include an older man and two women. I'm not the first to come looking for his elusive neighbour, he says. Gardaí have come looking for her too. In a house a few miles away, a man who once knew her well says he has not seen her for five or six months. He doesn't want to talk about her. The more I talk to people, the more I find out that people who once thought they knew her well never really knew her at all. But one person who believed he knew her said, She would come out with fantastical things and believe it. You'd never know what was real and what was true. 
Currently, the whereabouts of Catherine O'Brien are not known. But she is a wanted woman here in the rolling hills of West Waterford. Further east in Wexford's horsey country, in her native North Cork and along the unforgiving stone-strewn Burren coastline, Catherine O'Brien has been a woman of many faces, many names, many qualifications and personalities. Given that the plaque on the wall outside her front door shows two horses, there is a certain irony in the role that horses have played in her downfall. A court in Gorey, County Wexford, put out a bench warrant in the name of the Buttevant native in June 2021 after she was convicted on 34 counts of animal cruelty under the Animal Health and Welfare Act 2013. Malnourished, thoroughbred horses were seized at a premises in Ballygarrett in Wexford in 2019. They included two seven-year-old bay mares, a four-year-old bay filly and a dun miniature stallion. A six-week-old colt was also among them. The animals were thoroughbreds and the seizure was a shocking one with photos of the animals showing them in a desperately emaciated state. The judge opted not to sentence Catherine O'Brien in her absence on that day in court over a year ago and the bench warrant remains live. Catherine, who has two grown-up daughters, was also a no-show at the High Court in Dublin in February, this time for a proceeds of crime hearing. A decision was made in favour of the Criminal Assets Bureau allowing the state to keep a 2015 registered Land Rover discovery. She appealed the decision by Mr Justice Alexander Owens and it was listed for directions in the Court of Appeal in Dublin on June 24th. However, according to a spokesman for the court service, that appeal never went in for hearing. It was struck out, subject to a nonetheless order, on July 15th. There is a certain irony in Catherine having been the subject of high-profile legal cases, given that she herself once studied law for a period. And although she did not go on to become a solicitor, she has previously let people believe that she is either a solicitor or a legal mediator, even going so far as to provide legal advice to some. I'm here in Dungarvan in County Waterford today to meet Nicola Beresford-Minahan, who was, as she thought, a close friend of Catherine O'Brien. She, however, lost her home as a result of getting involved in business with Catherine. Good morning, Nicola. Morning. So do you want to tell me, Nicola, how you first met Catherine O'Brien? I met her through my sister, um, who at that time Catherine had a florist in Dungarvan in Main Street. My sister was there helping her and she needed someone to mind her younger daughter. So I said, fine. Um, And that was how we met. And what were your first impressions when you did meet her? Just single parent trying to make a living. Um, Normal, you know, nothing to what she became or what what I've since learned about her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what scam can I pull next? Who can I inveigle? into their life and you know poor me and I'm so innocent and you know and she is she's like a chameleon she can change character you know so I suppose that's why I was conned for so long because she had this persona of I've been so hard done by and 
And it's interesting that you say that because then people who have met her in subsequent lives have talked about how strong a character she is, that she puts herself out there to be a legal mediator, a solicitor, someone they can turn to if they're in trouble with the guards. Did you ever see any of that? Yes. she. When she became pregnant with her eldest child, she was actually doing the law degree. I think she was maybe done two years. This was a second degree because I think her first degree was German. And then I know while, while I knew her, there's some way of finishing the degree that you just do like two nights a week. And she did that, but then she didn't. But then she wouldn't put in the work. So I'd be there. Oh, I've got to write this essay. Can you look up? You know, she had law books. Can you look up and see if you can find anything about this subject? And I'm just like, you know, I left school at 16, finishing school afterwards for two terms. But, like, I did not get a degree. I'm very proud. I've got my VTAC level five in gardening, but... You didn't get a degree I didn't get a degree, you know. And yet, yes, then she would go advising people what to do. And I mean, like, she's been through God knows how many solicitors, Mm -hmm. even in Dungarvan. And in Mellow. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I've met her oldest brother, one of her sisters, the youngest brother, her mother. They're all successful, straight... You know, does she dropped on the head of this baby or something? I just don't know how someone can go through life doing that to people. And I suppose because of the way I was brought up, I expect people to behave mm. the way I was brought up. And unfortunately, not everyone is. Not everyone is. And what would you say to her if she was if she was listening to this today or watching? What can you say? I mean, like, it's not just me. It's all these other people that she's done to, the people who are now ill, Mm -hmm. you know, without a thought of what she's done to them. I feel sorry for her two children. Mm -hmm. I feel sorry for her mother. I mean, I've had her mother in my car crying about Catherine mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's something that you it's you incomprehensible can't say, to you can't you. say I, I mean my daughter says there's a special place in hell for her and that mm-hmm. describes it in her home parish of Buttevant people are no longer amazed by anything they hear about Catherine O'Brien from Bohara Scrub Her name is the stuff of legends in the area, bringing some people to laughter. Some remember attempts by her to open a veterinary business in her hometown, but say she is rarely seen there now. One person recalled seeing her driving a top-of-the-range vehicle on one of her many visits home some years ago. There is a deep respect in the community for other members of her family, including one of her brothers, Monsignor James O'Brien who served for a number of years in the Vatican in the Congregation for Divine Worship during the papacy of Pope Benedict XVI. Monsignor O'Brien did not want to talk about his sister when approached by the Irish examiner. 
One family who knew Catherine as a teenager and in her early 20s recalled their experience of her involvement in their lives on condition of anonymity. A member of their family is listed on company documents relating to both a pub and a genealogy company called Emerald Roots. The man and Catherine were both named directors for both companies. Both businesses had a residential address in Mallow as their registered offices. The address was where Catherine was living at the time in rented accommodation. The company for the bar was set up in February 2001 and dissolved in 2005. The Emerald Roots Company didn't last as long. Also set up in February 2001, that was dissolved in January 2004. One of the family's members describes Catherine. She's like an eel, always moving around. Nobody will ever catch her. She's very clever, cunning and manipulative person. We met her when she was 19 years of age through a mutual acquaintance and she earned our trust. The family say that while cars were important to Catherine, Clothing and other material trappings did not appear to be back then. She was never dripping of jewellery or fancy clothes. This family recalls when Catherine moved across the Cork-Waterford border to relocate to Stradbally. Following her move there, she opened a number of florist businesses in Dungarvan, Stradbally and Kilmac-Thomas. The location of one of them, in a residential area called Ballon Road, on the outskirts of Dungarvan, raised eyebrows at the time, given that it was not a typical setting for a business. One person in Dungarvan explained, Why would there be a florist in or around that neighbourhood? It made no sense at all. It was even way less populated than it is today. The corner shop next door made sense. But having a florist there made no sense whatsoever. Her love of vehicles is remembered in Dungarvan as well as in her native Cork. It's also one of the things that came up in the February Criminal Assets Bureau case against her. The Bureau attempted to seize her 2015 registered Land Rover discovery. This investigation cited a company incorporated in 2013 called Advanced VetMed Ireland Limited, or AVMI, in which the only shareholder was a County Clare dairy farmer whom Catherine had come to know through a vet she had met on an online dating site. The High Court judgment made in February in favour of the Criminal Assets Bureau said that the Buttevant woman had introduced the dairy farmer to a project of opening a veterinary business and of buying property for that business. Mr Justice Alexander Owens said that AVMI was set up for that purpose. However, the judgment said that on occasions in 2014 and 2015, Catherine O'Brien altered and misused cheques from the dairy farmer to cover, for example, stamp duty and fees to the company's registration office. The judgment added, There was a pattern of activity and at least two of these cheques ended up in her permanent TSB current account. The judgment outlined that she bought a new Land Rover Discovery in 2014 with a cheque for €47,000 and a trade-in vehicle valued at €8,500. After the deal was finalised in mid-April, she contacted the dealer to ask him not to present the €47,000 cheque to the bank, claiming that her handbag had been stolen. 
the vehicle for which she specified that the customer was Kate O'Brien AVMI Limited, with an address in Buttevant, was eventually paid for on May 7th with a cheque. The judgment stated, The source of funds was the ledger balance of client funds, which was held by solicitors for AVMI. The judgment revealed that although Catherine had written out a cheque for €47,000 for the vehicle, her permanent TSB current account statements from April 17, 2014 to May 7, 2014 showed that this account had insufficient funds to meet the cheque. The credit balance fluctuated between €6,965 odd and €1,415 odd during that period. The only personal money O'Brien used in buying the €50,000-plus Land Rover and the 151 registered model she acquired after trading the first one in was €1,000 on her credit card. The 151 vehicle, according to the judgment, was purchased with a cheque written out by the dairy farmer in favour of the company registrations office, but which the payee had been altered to the word cash. The amount on the cheque was €21,000, even though the corresponding stub in the chequebook from which it was taken noted that its value was for just €27. The judgment continued. The cheque has been examined by an expert who has concluded that the name of the payee was altered to cash. The amount of the cheque was altered to €21,000. In an interview with Gardy, she denied altering any cheques. Once again, the forms relating to the sale stated her name and also AVMI Limited at Main Street, Buttevant, County Cork. On documents relating to the company, Catherine was neither a shareholder nor a director of AVMI. The judgment stated, Catherine O'Brien was not a director of that company, AVMI, or a signatory to the company bank account, which was opened in December 2014. She was not entitled to buy or sell motor vehicles on behalf of that company or to hold herself out as having authority to engage in these transactions. The ownership details for the 2015 vehicle were changed in a declaration to the Department of Transport in Shannon in April of that year, with her uncle's name, Ned Haw, placed on it. However, the insurance was in Catherine's name, with no reference to her uncle on the insurance documents. She claimed that she gave her uncle ownership of the 2015 Land Rover Discovery as security for a loan of €50,000. However, the February court judgment outlined that there was no paper trail to substantiate that claim. Sworn affidavits disclose neither the source of funds, the method of payment, receipt of the money, nor how it was spent. During the Garda investigation, the Clare dairy farmer told officers that he provided Catherine O'Brien with money for horses, which disappeared. He also said he had given Catherine more than €53,000 in cash in Charleville in April 2014, after she said that it was needed immediately for payment on a property in Dungarvan for their business. Mr Justice Owens wrote in his judgment, If this information is correct, cash given to buy the property in Dungarvan, was misappropriated and used for some other purpose. It did not end up in Catherine O'Brien's permanent TSB bank account 
and it was not handed to the solicitors in Mallow or used to buy the car. In his ruling, he added, The affidavits of Catherine O'Brien contain explanations which are inherently improbable. Some explanations advanced by her are improbable because they are inconsistent with content of bank accounts or materials in other exhibits which I consider reliable. Other explanations advanced by her contradict her earlier explanations. The judge also rubbished claims in affidavits that documents were not returned to her by Gardaí. He declared, The truth of the matter is that Catherine O'Brien has not bothered to come to collect any remaining items. He said there was no reason to believe that Gardaí hold any material which would verify her claims relating to the motor vehicles or agreements with the dairy farmer or which would otherwise assist her. He added, If there was any serious issue about whether these items contain material necessary to vouch her explanations for what happened, there was no difficulty in getting this material from Gardaí and exhibiting anything relevant long ago. The ruling is another blow to Catherine O'Brien, so close to the court decision last year relating to the horses. However, she is no stranger to court judgments. As a serial debtor, a number of judgments have been made against her in the courts in relation to her finances. Among the most recent is one for just under €5,500 in June 2012, in favour of Payzone Ireland Limited, formerly Alfira Ireland Limited. The Bank of Ireland took her to the High Court in 2009 over a loan it had given her on security provided relating to lend in North Cork. And meanwhile, earlier this year, Catherine O'Brien found herself on the other side of a court case. She was to be the chief witness in a case against two men accused of a single count of demanding money with menace from her under the Criminal Justice Public Order Act 1994. The alleged incidents took place in a location unknown in the Dungarvan district in September 2019. However, at a court sitting in April, the defence queried whether the case will ever come to trial, as the main witness was nowhere to be found. It was also heard that she is a suspect herself in a number of active cases involving amounts ranging from €100,000 down. The progress of that trial now depends on the chief witness, Catherine O'Brien, turning up to give evidence. There has been an evolution of Catherine O'Brien over the past two decades, from a young mother to an apparent businesswoman whose exploits have led to the involvement of the Criminal Assets Bureau, something that most people would associate with organised crime. In between, she has taken lots of different routes in different businesses, involvement in a pub, genealogy, numerous attempts relating to floristry businesses in West Waterford, veterinary-related operations, and most recently, connections to the thoroughbred horse world. She is, in essence, the mistress of reinvention. As one person put it. She was dizzy in keeping up with herself. The Gardaí are looking for Catherine O'Brien. The Irish Examiner is looking for her too. If you have information relating to her whereabouts, contact me on n.murphy at examiner.ie. Check out part two, Gold Digging on Waterford's Copper Coast, to learn how Nicola Beresford Moynihan lost her home, Strad Valley House, in Catherine O'Brien's schemes. Catherine the Fake was researched and written by me, Anne Murphy. The podcast was produced by Deirdre O'Shaughnessy, 
recorded by Jim Collin with sound design by JJ Vernon. Catherine the Fake features the vocal talents of Jim Collin, Owen English, Neil Griffin, Esther Irwin, Leo O'Shaughnessy and Michael Gary. And the graphics were done by Tiernan King and the Irish Examiner visual design team. Photography and video used on irishexaminer.com by Dan Linehan and Eddie O'Hare. If you have information about Catherine O'Brien and her whereabouts, contact me on anne.murphy at examiner.ie and keep an eye on irishexaminer.com for more updates on Catherine the Fake.